Hello. What <laughs> accent is that? I feel like it's from VeggieTales. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Yeah, no, what's that? That's from VeggieTales. <laughs> like, obviously, it's just, it's like a European accent, but I, I got it. Just vaguely Eastern European. Hello, I am from. <laughs> now I'm going to go through and watch VeggieTales to figure this out. Give me a moment's peace and take out that trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the podcast where me, Caleb, and me, Joe, go to movies to decide whether or not they are hot trash. Joe, what did we see this week? We saw The Current War, colon, director's cut. Colon, parentheses, the director's cut, in parentheses. (laughs) Yeah, so spoilers ahead, but... uh, Spoilers for history ahead. No one's seen this, so it doesn't matter. I'm kind of bummed, but it's nothing amazing. But I am kind of bummed. Yeah, this is not like villains where I'm like, I bet there are some people who would who like- Who would enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, and just will never get the chance to see it. This is like every other biopic in the world. I don't really care if it's not doing exactly. too well. So, a little bit of history. Uh, well, should we go into the backstory first, or should I? Should we talk about our opinions before they are tainted? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. Because for those of you who don't know, this this movie has a lot of lore behind it, reasonings why it is called the director's cut and why it came out or was supposed to come out in 2017. Yeah. Uh, but we will get into that. This is the story of uh, Edison versus Westinghouse with a little bit of Tesla thrown in there. Very tiny bit of Tesla. Um, with all of the... Uh, fun stuff that came around the pioneering of electricity. I just, leading up to the world, the Chicago World Fair in, was it 90? No, 1893? Uh, Joe, what were your thoughts on the current war? So I'm not a biopic guy. Re- really don't care for history retold. I was wanting to see this solely based on the fact that Tom Holland looked really goofy in the trailer. His sideburns, they're so great. They're so great. And so big. So, so like clearly makeup. Like he, this is, and his yeah. hair's stupid too. Tom Holland can't grow facial no. hair. He is a, he is a representation of youth. So I was pleasantly surprised when I found myself really enjoying it for the most part. It's slow while also being very fast. Like this covers 15 years in an hour and a half. They are doing a lot. With they're doing a lot and they're just, you're just along for the ride, but I'm with it. You've got some really likable characters. Uh, Michael Shannon as Westing as George Westinghouse. Is great. Yeah, really solid uh, performance. Cumberbatch is Cumberbatch. I'm I'm not huge on him anymore. Solely because he's getting typecast. Yeah, he's he's playing the same character you've seen him play for the past five years. Supporting cast is pretty good all around the board. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I chose to see this movie because of three factors. Yes, this was Caleb's choice for once. Um, Tom Holland's sideburns. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent, which never ceases to amuse me. Talk like I'm talking through my gritted teeth all the time. The uh, the ever present present uh, idolization of Nikola Tesla in popular culture. Um, uh, futurist. And so Nikola Tesla. Yeah, sorry, futurist. And so I was a little worried that you would just kind of be bored through it. I was um, too. And so I'm glad you came out liking it, liking it more than I did too. It's fine, I think. Mm-hmm. Performances are all good. Yeah, Michael Shannon is the standout. Nicholas Holt gets nothing to do. Tom no. Holland is Tom Holland, and uh, but Benedict Cumberbatch is solid. I think he's yeah, really yeah. Good he's, Edison. He's put it, I I don't think he's bad in anything. I'm just kind of tired of him. Yeah, no, and I I understand that, but and I think they frame everything really well. 
and I think there are some really well edited moments. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the this... thing that I thought would annoy me at first, in the first ten minutes, I started groaning, but I, I tried to hold it because I didn't I didn't know how long the movie was and didn't want to be just bummed out because of personal preferences. So Joe, freshman year I of college, I was uh, very lucky to have a senior pick me to be his cinematographer and assistant director on a film. Uh, and he was very loose with how he wanted it shot. So as long as, you know, we were getting proper coverage mm-hmm. and like, you know, it was in focus, I could basically do what I want. Yeah. And I definitely did some really <laughs> terrible shots just because I could, just because I finally had access to lenses that freshmen usually don't get access to. And just because I I'm had like, all the power, it's like, well, I can move the camera this way. I might as well. <laughs> I think that similar spirit was brought into the making of the current war. No two shots are the same. This person is, I don't know who the cinematographer is. I don't know if it was his decision or the director's, but they are constantly, okay, what are we going to do now? What lens are we going to use? How are we going to move the camera? What trick of framing are we? Everything is unconventional. And the reason that bugs me, is because when they do stuff in here, like split screen, Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of split screen in film. It's not used often, but I think it can be really effective. It kind of loses its impact because there is no normal film language in this. And so when he uses deviant film language, it kind of just gets lost in the shuffle. And like, sure, you're doing it well enough, but it just doesn't have any direction. It doesn't have any vision to it. I think it kind of, weirdly enough, kind of works, in my opinion, because this is a 15-year process. So you're kind of just getting a small overview, but they're all, like, they're framing it as a just race of brilliant minds. However weird it is, especially for those really tense moments where their frustration is coming out because they want so badly to, they just want to be the best, it comes down to at the end of the day. But I think it just kind of looks into, like, the characters, the people's minds, Everything's so fast paced because their minds are moving at such a fast pace. Yeah, that's an interesting way to read it. It's annoying at first when you're just where it's like establishing everything for Mm -hmm. sure. But I think the movie itself catches up to the weirdness of the shots. uh, Yeah, and there's definitely something I think this movie covers is that people who are brilliant are just they're not normal people. Oh, no, they've they are brilliant because they are slightly disconnected. And like you see that with Edison and with Tesla. Westinghouse is the normal figure in this, Mm -hmm. um, so you don't see it as much with him. But yeah, they're definitely, I think one of the things this movie does well in a storytelling aspect is establish that these are just kind of odd people. Yeah, and and, odd, brilliant people with a lot of money. Well, but sometimes, and sometimes sometimes they don't have money, and you know. I mean, but that's Tesla's problem, is he can't get enough money to do anything that he wants. He's more of an ideology Mm -hmm. than he is a person in this movie, mainly because he appears in so little of it. But I feel like I kept forgetting about him. Yeah, because he disappears for so long. Yeah. But at least what they do establish is that like he's he's such an impractical guy. And the way he looks at things is not a useful way to Mm-mm. look at things. Like it doesn't matter if you have an idea in your imagination. Like that doesn't help yeah, anyone. We 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 need to see. And obviously and not proving to anyone that it actually works. But I do think they they do a good job at making these characters um people especially westinghouse and edison they have flaws they have uh good traits about them it's kind of up to you to decide because when you get down to it these were people in history and why we like to make little boxes and put edison was bad and westinghouse was good or whatever they were more complicated than that yeah not everything's so black and white but edison was a piece of crap oh i was 
I was a little scared at first when he was just like kind of a little disconnected from reality. And it's like, oh, he stood up Westinghouse. And then they showed the horse stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. He was just a rotten person. In film school, uh, one of the Edison films that I saw, one of the Edison shorts, was him electrocuting an elephant. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like the pinnacle of him, his smear campaign against Westinghouse. And they kept throwing in elephant imagery. But yeah. they never, they never address that. They talk about every other animal he kills. But they, they, they mention, um, they, 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 they show the horse and then they mention that he tested it on a bunch of other stuff too. It's just like you have the prisoner on death row drawing an elephant. And yeah. Like you see elephants in the Moybridge films that they show, which are also very weird interlude in this. Yeah. Towards the end, you kind of, I thought it was just going to end straight when the, like the symphony started and whatnot. And then kept going for another like, 10 minutes or so, which, which fine. It's, well, in that conversation between mm-hmm. Westinghouse and Edison are, is good. Yeah. Apocryphal to be sure, but good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they have this whole weird subplot about how Edison invented the motion picture, which, uh, subplot, it comes up in the last five minutes. Well, but in the middle of the movie, they start showing the Moybridge films. Yeah. They started showing the animals and the people walking. And it's like, you realize Edison did not make those. Like that was a completely different person. And sure. What Moybridge was technically doing was not filmmaking, but it was, it was the foundation yeah. of filmmaking. And then they act like the sole creator of film. And this is what he will be remembered for over the light bulb is Edison. Over the light bulb, over the recording. like Especially because Edison was a terrible force in the film industry. He, the reason people went off to Hollywood was because he was just making it hell for anyone to make movies in oh, New Jersey. Oh, that who was, didn't that work was for Edison him. With anything related. The audio wars is not nearly as interesting because there were so many players in it, but just the competition of, and this will only work on the Edison talking machine. Yeah, no, I do feel like you could make the exact same movie about Thomas Edison just switch. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Historical accuracy is is fine if you can have it but play loose with it if that makes a good story like i said there's a there's a conversation between westinghouse and edison that is very thematic and kind of separated from reality but i feel like when you are falsely attributing the medium of art that this film is in to someone who also had a very large negative effect on it yeah i'm gonna get a little annoyed (laughs) Also, everyone's almost a saint for the most part. Like Edison has this whole thing of, I have morals. I will not do anything to harm uh, a living person, which he might have. I don't know. But also Westinghouse is just a saint of a person. Westinghouse, I think, is a little bit too much. I do think. Yeah, I feel like if you had a little more darkness, for lack of a better word, it would have been there. You could have you could have had the audience being like, oh. I'm kind of rooting for Edison in this well, situation. Also, he was a turn of the century capitalist. I don't know a yeah. lot about Westinghouse, but I know a lot about every other yeah. capitalist at that point in history. And they probably didn't, weren't the best people, even mm. if Westinghouse was the most progressive of them. But like at the same time, do you need to get into that? Like, do you need a scene with Tesla where he's talking about how eugenics is a great idea? <laughs> like maybe the characters aren't as fleshed out as I was making it seem, but I also feel like, uh, what they do services the story in at least a competent way. Yeah. If not always a super deep one. Mm -hmm. So do we want to get into backstory? Yes. Caleb does not know. I've been, I've been slowly feeding to him over the past, uh, week or two His backstory. And then today after we finished the movie, I was like, Hey, we were, we were writing our letterbox trees. I was like, Hey, look at the date. This movie uh, came out in quotation marks. And it was 2017. 
So this version is called the director's cut. It was originally set for release uh, around like 2017. It, it came out and its film festival run in 2017 and was uh, slated for like an early 2018 release. But the Weinstein scandal happened. Ooh. So that came out. So it got shelved and it got pretty bad reviews during the festival run. So that just kind of put it on hold. But the director found a clause in his contract that made it so, hey, if you make a director's cut, you can do whatever the whatever you want with it. The 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 uh, article I'm reading says it's it's marketed as the director cut to try to like get it away from the bad reviews. But no trailer was said the director's cut of it. It was just the current war. Okay, a couple questions. Um, first off, I really want to see the original cut now. Apparently, it's just awful. I think there are parts of this movie that are awful. Mm-hmm. Like it just in terms of the creative decisions made. I find how people edit films and they can be vastly different to be super interesting. So I really want to see how bad this movie could have been. Yeah. Like I think if you want to be an editor, something you should do is watch the first Lord of the Rings and then the first Lord of the Rings extended edition. Because while I like the extended edition as a fan, I haven't made it through an extended edition yet. They're not as well edited. No, they have a lot of cool content in them, but like, if you want to learn how to cut down a film into a quick and exciting pace, do that. This might also be a good example of that. But second, like, did they take the Weinstein label off? I don't remember. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Cause, cause it's, it's, it's solely his like vision of it now with like the clause he found in the contract. Were there any, like, I, I assume his production label was on there, but were, was there any studio thing? Like when we they saw had, it, uh, Let's do some. I think it was just 101 films and I So who funded this? I think the funding was like all the production costs were done already. It was just he had to make a new cut of it was different enough from the original that let him release it. I don't know who funded the marketing and stuff. This is fascinating. Yeah. Also, what a power move for that director. Oh, I'm rooting for him. I'm like, good for you, dude. He directed something else. Mural and the Dying Girl. Um, he directed that and it just seems like a weird jump. I haven't seen that movie, but I've heard good things and I don't love this by any means. I think it has some serious problems with it, but Hey, this could be a really good story for this guy. If he somehow like manages to pull himself like onto a new higher rung because he was able to salvage this. Not going to happen because this this movie made $2 million in its first weekend. But this is real. That's really interesting. And I think, Let's me appreciate the movie a little bit more, even though I stand by. Don't praise Edison for the creation of film. <laughs> and also, uh, maybe maybe use a tripod and just uh, shot reverse the shaky shot. cam. Oh, the best part was there's a scene where like Tesla's, oh, the room is slanted two degrees. I'm like, no, that's just, <laughs> just the, camera. the camera angle. So, Joe, is this hot trash? Tom Holland's uh, sideburns and mustache are hot trash. Oh, when his mustache comes back uh, or comes by. Man, beauty. Beauty like no other. No, this movie's just... I, I'd say it's good. It's it's a biopic, and they're usually... They're never, like, amazing, in my opinion. But I think it's a serviceable movie, and I, I enjoyed myself during it. You know, I won't call it hot trash. I think the performances save it, uh, and I think there's some decent little moments with the with the characters Mm -hmm. westinghouse's speech about legacy is really good but man if this had just like a slightly weaker cast that 
cinematography alone <laughs> would make it the hottest of trash. Because while I was frustrated, I also deeply enjoyed it. Yeah. Like a sick enjoyment down deep. Learn how to use your deviant shots in a bit more of an economical and impactful a little bit more finesse. way. Do it with subtlety goes a long way. Do it as a sniper, not as a man with a shotgun. 